What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dishes and Dimes podcast. Yes, it's been a while. Um, I'm back from my trip. I visited a couple friends, not even a couple, but uh, several friends uh, in San Diego and really enjoyed my trip. I was actually supposed to come back Monday, um, ended up having too much fun and you know, extended my flight. I came back Wednesday afternoon um, and it was a great time. Uh, ate a ton of food, hung out with some friends I haven't seen in in months um, and I missed them very much. So that was a great time. And I watched most of the games that were going on. Um, obviously the Celtics and Raptors series and then the uh, Lakers Rockets. And also of course, the Denver and Clippers series that I will get into a little bit um, in a bit. Uh, but to review some other big news uh, throughout this week in the NBA, the all NBA teams were announced. Um, and if you haven't seen them, um, first team is pretty self-explanatory. Giannis, LeBron, James Harden, Anthony Davis, Luka. Second team was Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, Dame Lillard, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam. And third team was Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, and Russell Westbrook. Now, of course, Giannis today, today is Friday, um, September 18th. It was announced this morning that Giannis is back-to-back MVP. He also won the Defensive Player of the Year award, and we all knew that. And now he's back-to-back MVP winners along with Curry, LeBron, Steve Nash, um, just for examples of those who did it recently in the 2000s. Um, I really had no issue with all NBA teams, any of the awards. Um, All the awards are, of course, for the regular season. And I think none of it was supposed to include the bubble. So pretty much everything that happened before the shutdown. And, you know, there's always going to be snubs. For awards i think Giannis deserved mvp he was the best player in the regular season we all knew that of course that didn't end up being true uh in the bubble and in the playoffs but that is a different story and you know there's talk about uh bam and Abayo being snubbed for the all nba teams which is true he was technically snubbed but of course it is the regular season and he was great during the regular season but he just you know he popped off uh, way later here in the bubble and he's showing his value and his skill set and just how amazing he is uh, here in this playoff. So uh, I really no issue with any of the NBA, all NBA teams that were announced um, today. Oh, I didn't even mention the song. Whoa, I am just, I am just everywhere today, huh? Um, the song of the day is Drifter by Brock Berrigan and Sabe. Um, of course, presented by Chill Hop Music. Um, but yeah, so let's get into today's episode. Today's kind of a short little um, episode just reviewing and previewing some stuff that's going on here, especially now that we're finally entering the conference finals. Yes, um, I will have to admit I spoke too soon about the Battle of LA being the Western Conference Finals. Um. And so let's get into it. Uh, we've all we've had a couple days to think about the Clippers and their massive downfall. And um, obviously, I think you know we've talked about it enough these past couple of days, and just who to blame and what's going to happen with them. 
how we see their future, you know, especially just the near future in this offseason, how it's all going to shape up. Um, obviously blowing the 3-1 lead against the Nuggets and how um, how everyone on the Clippers really should be blamed for it. And, you know, these guys talked all season long about how they can easily turn it on. They spent all seasons giving their guys uh, rest. Um, they never played like a full rotation for more than like five or 10 games at a time. Um, just waiting for the opportunity to in the playoffs to show, you know, who they really are. And, you know, I guess they just waited way too long, right? Like they gave up large double digit leads in both game five and game six and seemingly looking like, like zombies in the second half of game seven, like just afraid of the ball. Um, everyone just looked afraid other than Kawhi, like even though Kawhi had a really bad game and something that should be held against him. I don't think it should ruin his, how we see his career, but I think he tried to do a lot. Um, in term, I mean, he tried to do what he could, to be honest with just how horrible everyone else was playing. And he was playing horrible too. Um, I'm not going to give him that pass, but at least he was trying to make something happen. Like, you could tell like when Paul George didn't want the ball and Marcus Morris didn't want the ball. He was going to be the guy that uh, was supposed to spark everything. But even when he took shots, um, just bricks and misses and just really couldn't get it going. And it was a bad game for him. Like there's no really other way to say it. And it was a it was an all time uh, choke job, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, and it's all in, it's all inexcusable. It's all inexcusable. Then you hear about Paul George talk about how, you know, this wasn't a title or bust year for us. Um, Doc said something along the lines of, well, they have the continuity and they've had more time together than us. Um, which, yes, I mean, that part is true, but it's still a bunch of BS, in my opinion. You can't blame losing a 3-1 lead being up by 19 in the second half of game six on not being together at least in game seven um you know Kawhi was actually trying to get something going but the rest of the team was just they just didn't want the moment they were scared like you could tell that Murray Jokic uh, Millsap and even like Monte Morris and Jeremy Grant like they were stepping up to the plate like because they knew that was their moment and for this whole series, this whole playoffs, we've been waiting for the Clippers to have their moment. We thought we had it in the Mavs series when they won, you know, those last two games to win um, with Luka on a hobbled foot and no uh, Porzingis. And now there, uh, I mean, in this series, up 3-1, now we're like, okay, now we see it. Like, this is who they're supposed to be. It's going to be the battle of LA in the Western conference finals, they're going to meet the Lakers and it's going to be a battle to see who gets to the finals and who represents the West. Um, and then they just crumble and it just seemed like there was no sense of, I mean, it didn't seem like there was legit, no sense of urgency. There was no sense of, okay, we really should be playing well. We really should be adapting to what the nuggets are doing because they just never did. And, you know, the worst part is that 
It's just that they didn't have any effort. Um, it was pretty much taken for them. Uh, I mean, and I don't know if they can, if they really believe if they can just run it back next year. Um, it's certainly on paper, uh, pretty possible, but there's just so many questions they have to answer. Uh, obviously in free agency, number one, uh, Marcus Morris contract expired. Harold contract expires. Reggie Jackson contract expires. Patterson as well. Jermichael Green is on a team option, I believe. And then, you know, that's pretty much their whole bench. Um, what do they do about Doc? Does he get a pass for how he couldn't figure out how to win one more game to get into the conference finals? And, you know, I saw this stat. It was, you know, the Clippers, this is their 50th year, right? And 49 years. It was a stat of like how many years they've, a franchise hasn't made it to the conference finals. And the Clippers has 49. They've made the conference finals once. Um, dating back to their whole history, right? And from the Atlanta Braves. And uh, that's horrible. I mean, to, to think about their teams that they've had in the past or just the talent they've had, even in the last, what, 10, 15 years, especially with Chris Paul and Blake and even even like with the Nuggets this year, like they never, they didn't have like one like underdog Cinderella year when they just magically made it to the conference finals. Not even the finals are winning, like just the conference finals. And I don't know, it's 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 insane. And now we see Doc; he's coached three teams that have given up three-one uh, leads. He's given up a three-two lead before, and. Uh, I mean, multiple times too, right? And though, and so, like, what what is next for the Clippers? Um, a lot of rumors are talking about if they should blow it up, how they're gonna blow it up, trade PG, but they're pretty much locked up. Um, I think they should run it back again, um, because really, really, like, what other options do you have if they let go some of these guys? They probably come back with a weaker team um, and pretty much force a running back again. And, you know, with the health of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, those guys who have issues health wise and <clears throat> how they can just recuperate after this loss and just come back. And I don't know how motivated they would be to do that. Do they? come back with Doc Rivers as coach, like so many things to figure out. Um, disappointing really doesn't even describe the type of stuff we were seeing from the Clippers these last three games. Like they just flat out folded when the going got tough. I really don't have anything else to say about the Clippers, like, or about this series other than really, um, we should give a lot of credit to the Nuggets. As much as, the Clippers failed to, you know, move on after being up 3-1 and having this this championship team made up um, all year long and being the favorites and everything like that, we should still give the credit um, that's due to the Nuggets. Um, they played, the way they played and just the way some of their guys stepped up, like Paul Millsap, who 
hit some big threes and didn't take any of Marcus Morris's crap. Like he's a respected vet and I'm glad he was able to have his moments. Um, and now it's time to really look at Denver and their two stars differently. Like after what they just accomplished, we know, uh, you know, we can look at them as legitimate stars and see you know, how they build from this year. I mean, it's not even over. Like it's so crazy because the last two years or so we've been calling or a lot of people have been calling Denver as, you know, the sneaky candidate to come out of the West. And it just never really got close to being a reality. Like I always saw them, they struggled last year in the playoffs going seven games against, you know, the Spurs and then seven games they lost to the Blazers. Um, And it seemed like, you know, do we really believe in Jokic and Murray to be their two guys to lead this franchise? And now we see them pulling off two straight 3-1 comebacks in two straight series. Um, It's amazing to see. And I just hope that they don't lose focus for the Lakers because um, they really have a good chance of making the finals. You know, Denver can create some matchup issues for the Lakers. It's just, you know, the big question is obviously trying to slow down, you know, LeBron and AD. I just, I believe the Lakers are going to win, but only because I can't see LeBron losing this series. I, he has too much in him, too much experience, too much just championship pedigree to lose this series. Um, I expect him to be in the finals competing for his fourth ring, but there's still the potential for Denver to win given all the momentum they've gained and just how much confidence is just coming out of them right now. And, you know, they got guys that could create matchup problems. Uh, Frank Vogel says he's going to be playing his bigs in this matchup, but how long are JaVale and Dwight going to last trying to guard Jokic um, playing about the three point line? Um, He can easily pick them apart from behind the arc um, and it's really going to force AD to play the five. And as uncomfortable as he is, is doing that, it's going to be their best chance to make it really hard for Jokic to do his thing. Uh, also, how do the Lakers plan to keep up with Murray all game, right? Like it's going to be a mixture of KCP, Caruso, and Rondo, I presume. So seeing how Murray adapts to the different looks is going to be really interesting from game to game. But, you know, all in all, I expect... It to be a pretty competitive series with just how high the Nuggets are rolling right now and how rested and prepared the Lakers should be entering this series. Um, you know, the, when you think about the, these two teams, they've had pretty opposite runs, right? LeBron or <laughs> the Lakers um, entering the playoffs facing the scorching hot Blazers um, who took game one from them, but, you know, winning four straight. Same against the Rockets, losing game one and then winning four straight. And just, you know, they figured out how to win. It seemed like after game one, they've made, in both series, they've made great adjustments. So I don't, even if Denver wins this tonight, game one, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers would just come back and win four straight, you know, like um, that's how good they are. That's how good defensively they are. And that's how good LeBron and AD are. So, yeah. So, it's going to be a really great series. I really don't mind who wins. I would love to see LeBron get to the finals for his chance he wins fourth ring, but I wouldn't mind seeing Jamal Murray and Jokic reaching the finals for the first time. It would just cap off this crazy bubble um, that 
no one expected anything, right? Like so many things, so many unexpected things that has happened in this bubble um, were, were pretty crazy. And, it, you know, seeing the Nuggets make the finals would just add to it and just be the icing on the cake, right? But uh, let's move on to the other conference finals series um, that we've been watching. And, you know, on the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, we have the Heat and the Celtics who are two games in with the Heat taking a 2-0 lead after another second half run and another uh, last couple minutes of great execution from the Heat again. Uh, Drogic with big shots, Butler getting uh, two really important steals at the end of the game. You know, every time the Heat need a play or they need a to swing the game or swing um, a run or something of those sorts, they've just been able to find it in these playoffs, and especially in these first two games. Um, you know, what's scary is that Butler never really has to be on fire or, like, aggressive to make an impact, and that's just that's just a testament to every single guy on the team that they have out there on the court. Each one of them impacts the game in multiple ways. It's amazing to watch. Dragic has found himself making big shot after big shot. You know, it's always seemed like he's able to answer with um with really important three-pointers. Um he's shooting 39.5%, I think, from three this whole playoffs. And he's been shooting the lights out recently, um, dating back to even the Milwaukee series. And he's just playing extremely well. He's always been a guy I enjoyed and is someone who literally any team would love to have, especially in a playoff series. He's tough. He's smart. He makes the right plays. And he has all the qualities to match the Heat, um, Pat Riley and Eric Spolster. Like, he is their guy. And then, you know, we have Tyler Harrow, who, hero, Harrow, you know, whatever you want to call him, uh, Hero Ball, I think I love that the most. I think that's my favorite, like, nickname or catchphrase of his. Or for him. Um, Harrow, who I knew before he went to Kentucky because I used to watch a lot of uh, high school mixtapes and a lot of high school highlights of just um, top recruits. And, uh, you know, watching his high school highlights. And I've always been a huge fan of him since I started watching him. Um, you know, you if you have time, like, you really should look up his high school mixtapes and high school highlights. Like, he is a dog. Like he he was the man and he knew it and he played like it and his swagger and his his persona on the court is just was just overwhelming. Like you could tell like he was a man amongst boys um in high school and he knew he had it and you know it was just going to be interesting to see how that translated to, you know, the NCAA and college basketball. And, you know, he kind of fell off the map that year. Uh, you know, granted it, it was with a year with Zion and, uh, you know, RJ Barrett, um, John Morant, you know, all of the bigger uh, rookies um, and even Kentucky, who was, uh, who is, has always been a great, you know, uh, college basketball school um they didn't have i think harrow was their top recruit and they didn't have guys um 
they didn't have the greatest season. And so he was kind of in the shadow, but he was able to land in the perfect scenario, uh, landed with this team that really believes in him and pairing that with his unwavering confidence. And just, it was a match made in heaven. Um, and no one is really doubting him anymore. Right. Uh, you know, if I were a heat fan, I would be so ecstatic for bam and Tyler and even Duncan Robinson, um, Harrow and Robinson really, they don't jump out the TV like a Zion or a Luca or a Morant or, you know, all these other young guys that we have in the league, but they have the tools to become amazing players. And if they have Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley on their side who believe in them and, you know, vets like Butler and Dragic who believe in him, like it, it, it goes a long way for a young guy. And how many times have you heard, oh, Harrow, he's only 20 years old. How Look at this rookie. He's such a great guy. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be hearing his name for the Heat um, for a long time. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, it's really easy to say that the Heat are going to the finals. It, it always seems inevitable. They have the talent, the execution, the mental toughness, and just the perfect group of guys. Uh, they create matchup problems for so many teams, as we've seen against the Bucks, and are just playing like a team of destiny, right? Um, it just seems like every single time the Celtics think they have a lead or they feel like they've gotten a grip on the game or the matchup, the Heat just, they make a couple plays and they're right back in it. They're, they're down by nine and then they're all of a sudden they're down by three. Then all of a sudden they're up by three or four. And then it just, it creates so much pressure for the Celtics and that they haven't figured out a way to really like counteract that. Um, I think in order for the Celtics to really start um, to mount a comeback in this series, it has to be in Tatum's uh, hands. It has to be on Tatum's shoulders. He is the main guy that's going to have to be the superhuman in order for them to have a chance. Gordon Hayward could possibly return in this series, but it's really difficult to see him make an impact once he finally gets back um, playing because you know he's he'll be coming back from a couple-week injury uh, in a big playoff series. And, you know, we've seen him come back from injury before, although, you know, he did like twist his leg, but, you know, coming back from like an ankle injury, it's tough. Um, so you can't really expect him to just come in and make an impact um, that easily. And, you know, Jalen Brown has spurts and games where he's just nowhere to be seen or just easily forgotten that he's even in the game. Um for most of game two until, you know, the fourth quarter, uh, he had a big offensive rebound um, late in the game. Uh, he just really couldn't make an impact. Uh, he got to the rim a couple of times, just couldn't finish. Um, it was a good sign that, you know, Kemba started to finally get going last game. But, you know, they, even with all of his heroics in the first half, uh, they still couldn't pull out the win. And, you know, they were up by 15 at half and it just it all crumbled in the second second half. Also, the Heat's uh, zone defense really throws them off, and Brad Stevens really has to figure out some way to get open shots because the, it, the ball just keeps hopping around, around along the perimeter and end up with a horrible shot um, from either Marcus Smart or someone. Um, it, it's just really hard on them to really break through because the Heat, they're just so... They have rangy defenders, they have athletic defenders, and they have smart defenders. 
<clears throat> they have smart guys that know how to play passing lanes and everything like that. Um, so I really expect the Heat to come out of the series. I mean, obviously it's easy to say that two games in with a 2-0 lead, but um, I probably would have picked them again to beat the Celtics. I mean, the Heat are just... They're in this groove that we've seen from other, you know, underdog, not even underdog teams, but just these teams that figure out a way to win. It's no secret. I mean, they've been able, they almost, they swept the Pacers. They almost swept the Bucks if it wasn't for Chris Middleton and his big shot making. Um, They're just this team of destiny right now. I, I, I can't. I can't use any other word than than destiny for the Heat. Like it just seems like they're on this track all the way to the finals. And whoever they meet, whether it be the Lakers or Denver, it's gonna be an amazing matchup. Imagine Butler and Bam against LeBron and AD or Murray and Jokic. Like it's gonna be an amazing finals. And I know I'm speaking way too far in advance. I know the Raptors were up 2-0 and the Celtics came back to win. But the Heat are just, they're just created differently. And they, um, (laughs) quote unquote, they're built different. But they're, I don't know. I just, I can't really say anything else than just it's, it just seems like they're on this track of destiny. So um, I guess that's all I can say for now. I can't wait for game one tonight. Uh, Lakers, Nuggets. And I can't believe we're almost to the finals. It was crazy to picture the finals in the bubble. And now that we're f- literally one series away from seeing the 2020 NBA finals, it makes me so excited and you know thankful that the league was able to figure this all out and make you know safe environment for the season to finish and everything like that and um with everything that was going on especially in the last couple of months in america um it's just amazing to see so yeah if you enjoyed the episode please 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 follow us on twitter um follow on spotify or any streaming service that you're listening to um the twitter is at dishes and dimes the letter n at dishes and dimes uh please follow um really trying to get that follower count up um share with all your friends all your homies all your hoop heads everything like that um been really enjoying uh putting out these episodes during the playoffs and you know yeah it's been great so until next time until next episode uh stay safe and peace out everyone